Hawks. A 2-2 pitch to Yoshida. Is golf down the line? It's hooking way up there towards the pole. It's gone! It's tied! An iconic swing! Hey now. What's up, all? Welcome to the Sportscasters Season 13, Episode 7, April 17th, 2023. My name is Steve Bennett. On the show today, a big debuting guest. Not only did he replace Vince Scully on Dodgers broadcast, he's also replaced... Joe Buck as the number one play-by-play man for baseball. His name is Joe Davis. He's making his debut on the program today. More on that in a minute. Also on the show today, returning guest, one of my favorites, Jim Florentine, is going to be on the show. He has some big news uh, for that Metal Show fans. We'll get to that after the book club. We'll also do one last thing. Quickly, Joe Davis is on today. Uh, A couple days ago. April 13th was the 10-year anniversary of Yale winning the national championship in hockey. And anyone who's listened to this show for more than five minutes knows my brother was on that team. And it was a huge moment for me and my family. I was really sick in 2013. I went through a lot of health problems. And that was a big moment for me, for my family, for me to be able to be there, to meet my brother there as I promised him a few months earlier, uh, for for him to be there as he promised me. And uh, to experience that was an amazing moment, which became even more amazing in the summer when a picture I took that weekend became viral, thanks to the help of Richard Deitch, who, by the way, is going to be on this program in a couple weeks. And at the five-year anniversary mark, we did four episodes uh, that were exclusively Yale hockey. And we, for each episode, was a tournament game. And I interviewed two players, two Yale hockey players. And also interview people like Keith Elaine, the coach, Chip Malfronte, the great writer from the uh, New Haven Register who has passed away. Rest in peace to Chip. And it turned out great. And with the 10-year anniversary coming, I wanted to do something as well. But I knew I didn't want to do four exclusive Yale episodes. That's been done. So what I thought I would do is I would sprinkle in a couple of different interviews to help celebrate the occasion. And today is the first one of those because Joe Davis has called six hockey games in his entire life. And three of them were the regional that Yale played in 2013. The first hockey game Joe Davis ever called was Yale versus Minnesota. Then he called Yale versus Niagara and he also called the Niagara, or excuse me, Yale versus North Dakota. And he also called the Niagara North Dakota game. So three games and then he did the regional the next year too. Um, that I believe Boston College won, um, Wooster. He did the next year. Two regionals. That's the only hockey he's done. Uh, So he's going to be on to talk about that. I've also already recorded an interview with the top line that Yale had that year, which was Kenny Agostino, Jesse Root, and Andrew Miller. Uh, Those guys will be on in a few weeks. I recorded that with them together, uh, and that will be really fun to have those three guys on. 
and maybe we'll do one interview more. You know, maybe I'll chase down Keith Lane. Maybe I'll get my brother on. Uh, maybe I'll dig up a random player. I don't know. But we'll we'll do a few things here the next month or two uh, to celebrate Yale. And we'll have Richard Deitch on as well to talk about our moment together in 2013 going viral around that around that picture, which was very cool as well. So Joe Davis debuts in a minute. And by no means is it a Yale hockey interview. We talk about that for three or four minutes. Uh, he's on in honor of the celebration, but most of the interviews about Joe's career, the World Baseball Classic, replacing legends, all kinds of those things. I had about 25 minutes with him. I used every second I could, and hopefully he'll be on again in the future, and we can get it into even more detail uh, with Joe Davis. So very cool, very great debut today. All right, first things first, I want to say goodbye to the 2022 23 Sabres who finished with 91 points, essentially one point out of the playoffs. Uh, you could look back to any game you want, and if you can switch it from a loss to a win, the Sabres are in the playoffs. You know, that includes the Arizona game they lost back in October when they wanted an eight-game losing streak. Hey, win any of those eight games, uh, and you're in. The kick game in Long Island against the Islanders, where they were screwed by a disallowed goal that was reversed by Toronto. And maybe if they win that if they win that game, they're certainly in. The Florida game they lost last week, two to one. You win that game, you're in. So they got that close. And as I've said all year, there were things that I loved about the team. The youth, the way that everyone on the team had pride in being a Buffalo Sabre. Guys like Alex Tuck. It was his dream to wear the uniform. They got 91 points and they sucked at home all year. Unless they're wearing black and red, which is a whole different discussion, I guess. Uh, but I'm sure they're kicking themselves for not being in. They probably should have been in. Uh, it's probably more on them that they're not in than how good the Islanders or Florida were who got the wild card spots. They did hit a benchmark that was big for me. I just always thought that they were still better than Detroit, who they finished 11 points ahead of, and Ottawa, who I think they finished six ahead of. So I was really glad about that. Then there was things about them that pissed me off. You know, I hated that they let Jack Eichel get a hat trick here. I hated that they let Ryan O'Reilly get a hat trick here. You know, I hated that they had an eight-game losing streak and then like a seven-game losing streak later. They gave up way too many goals. The goaltending sucked until we met Devin Levi, who should never see Rochester. His only proof that Rochester exists is when he hears teammates who get called up for them and say, yeah, there's a place I go on the 90. It's called Rochester. He should never see it. Uh, I think that's his job. That's his net. I think he's the next in the great line of Sabres goalies, you know, from all the way back in the 70s, the great goalies they had like Joe Crozier and Tom Barrasso in the 80s and, of course, Dominic Hasek and Ryan Miller. Sabres have always had a good goalie except this run, this drought. And they didn't want to pay uh, for Linus Allmark, and I understand why they didn't, who's had great success in Boston and what a season they've had. Shout out to Peter Winston. But I think Devin Levi's the guy. And I think he should be the number one when the season starts. And goodbye to the Sabres. Now, the NHL playoffs is, will start tomorrow, today, whenever you hear this. And 
it should be fun. I'm really excited for the New York, New Jersey, the Battle of the Hudson. There's a lot of great players in that series. I'm excited to watch New Jersey. I'd love for them to win the cup. I'd love for Lindy to get a cup in New Jersey. I'm excited to watch uh, Jack and Luke Hughes play together in the playoffs. You know, I'm excited to see what Patrick Kane can do for the Rangers. I've always been a Rangers fan, so if they won, that would be great. I'm interested to see Boston, who had everything go right in the regular season. They did everything you could possibly imagine. They set every record, wins, points, everything. They dominated the league. They won the President's Trophy. Now they need to win the real trophy. And sometimes in hockey, when everything goes that perfect, disaster waits in the playoffs. But we'll see. There's a, it's a crowded Eastern Conference. You know, Carolina is good. The Rangers are good. The Maple Leafs are good. Tampa is still good. Boston is great. It's a really good conference. Um, I, I think I lean Boston. Hopefully it's the Rangers or Devils winner. And as always, anyone but Toronto. Out west, it's a little bit more wide open. Uh, out there, hopefully, you know, that piss pot Jack Eichel is as miserable in the playoffs as I think he's going to be. He's going to get his first ever crack at it. I hope it's a bust. I'll be rooting hard against Jack Eichel. Is this the year that Con- Connor McDavid and the Oilers can make a run to the Stanley Cup? A lot of people think it is. I'm a little skeptical. We'll see. But McDavid has had the best season any hockey player has had since Mario Lemieux was in the league. There's no denying his greatness. We'll see if that translates to the playoffs. If you're making me make a Stanley Cup Finals prediction with a winner today before it starts, uh, how about giving me... Oh, man. Colorado, because the champions are tough to kill against the Rangers, and I'll pick the Rangers to win the Cup. I don't know. We'll see how that works out for me. Love the Rangers goaltending. Their depth at scoring, Tarasenko and Kane added. Panarin is great. They, I just, I like that team. I love MSG. I believe in MSG. So we'll go with that. The Champions League is back. And Italy, thanks to Inter Milan, shout out to them, are 90 minutes away from being guaranteed a Serie A team in the Champions League final. Inter won 2-0 in Portugal. I think it was in Portugal. Or was it in the San Siro? I don't remember. Yeah, I think it was in Portugal. and San- Yeah, it was. We go back to the San Siro into Inter 90 minutes away from facing the winner of AC Milan and Napoli. Uh, AC Milan won one nothing in Napoli. So now they go to the San Siro. Napoli will have Oshiman. They didn't have him the first game. Didn't have him the first game and didn't play Raspadori, which really pissed me off. Uh, but we'll see how they do there. Manchester City is starting to look unbeatable in a lot of senses. I, I'd be surprised if they don't find their way through, although Real Madrid certainly good enough to do it. Speaking of good, the Atlanta Braves are really good this year. Uh, they have been decimated with injuries early. Um, their ace, Max Fried, has barely pitched. I think he pitched two innings on opening day or something before going on the I.L. Uh, their closer's been injured. Uh, Michael Harris has been injured. Their, their injuries all over the field, and they're still 12-4 and four 
They had one bad series at home against the Padres. Uh, they won one and lost three. They play the Padres this week in San Diego, Wells Vagina. We'll see how they do there. But they're gonna all the injured players are gonna be back. No one's really injured long term. So they're gonna get healthy. And as they get healthy, they're gonna they're just very good. Twelve and four already. Ronald Acuna is healthy, looks amazing. Looks like he could win the NL MVP this year. Um, just a very good team. They mash the ball all over the lineup. Um, Ozuna has really been the only negative so far. He's got like two hits, and they're both solo home runs. He stinks. Um, but what a team the Braves are going to be. Excited about them. And last thing, I want to give a shout-out to the United States women's hockey team and their win over Canada to win gold, the gold medal in the Women's uh, World Championship this year over Canada. Shout out to the ladies there. And, uh, you know, we talked about Yale's 10-year anniversary. Can't ignore the fact that Quinnipiac got their natty. Rand and his puck hunting. It was inevitable in some senses, I think. It's their third crack at it. And Minnesota, what were you doing? I mean, 22-0 and all here when leading after two. They come out in the third period. They don't even want to take, think about taking a shot. Uh, and they finally get scored on. Rand pulled the goalie with about three minutes left on the power play. Paid off. They tie the game. And they win it not even 10 seconds into overtime on a beautiful set play. So, hat, you know, credit where credit's due. Quinnipiac is a national power in hockey. And, you know, Rand built that program up on his own. Took it from D3 to D1. Got a rink built. And it's turned into a national power who's been in the Frozen Four three times in the last 10 years and has a national championship. The Big Ten, by the way, who totally d- disrupted college hockey with their realignment and their money grabs, still no national championships in the Big Ten of hockey era. And man, they dominated the first two rounds of the tournament. And everyone said, this was the year, this was the year. And then they lose to the lowly ECAC who have three championships in that 10-year span. So, whatever. All right. I think that's it for First Things First. Let's take a break, and let's do it. I'm excited about this. The debut of Joe Davis. Let's do it. Thank you for checking out the Sportscasters podcast. Don't forget to check out my other show, the 24-inch podcast. Hollywood Dave Rollins, Paula Bennett, and myself look back at the career of Hulk Hogan, the immortal one. We do it every other week. We cover matches from the 80s, the 90s, his entire career. We read the news from the era. It's a great nostalgic look back at the greatest wrestling career in the history of the business. Be sure to check it out right on this feed, brother. Hey, Joe, what's going on, man? What's up, my man? I'm glad we could finally hook up. Yeah, it's awesome to finally have you. I was looking. So 2015, you started doing football at Fox, right? Sounds right, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. I was trying mm-hmm. to figure out what Saints games you called. I know you called the one where Winston got hurt on Halloween against the Bucks, right? Yeah. Because you yeah. were filling uh, in for – you were with Aikman on that game, I think. Right. And then yeah, it was. 
I know. What was another one I know you called? I called. When we the, beat the Eagles. Uh, the Eagles right? Yeah, when we beat the Eagles. At the end of last season. I think those are the only two. Those though. are the only two. That's the only two I could think yeah. of. I wasn't sure if you called the Breeze one or not. Um, no, it was, you know, it was six, mostly seven, college eight, for the first yeah. few years. Gotcha. So. Yeah. yeah. Actually, you know what? You know what? Uh, in 2017, something like that, 18, I did Saints at Texans. It was one of my first NFL games. Actually, it might have been my very first NFL game. Okay. I'm trying to think of the game. I mean, we were very good both of those years. Saints, Texans. Yeah. Let's say it was 2017. Maybe my years off because they weren't – I don't remember them being very good that day. Yeah, well, that's possible too. Um, well, we played them um, in the preseason, so it wouldn't have been that game in 2017. So it's probably 2018 then. Could have been 16, too. It could have been 16, too. No, it was uh, Texans versus Saints September. Oh, was it was it 19? Oh, no, that was opening day. That was Monday Night Football when Will Lutz won on like a 58-yard <laughs> field goal at the buzzer. Oh, I remember that night. Breeze had – the defense had failed so spectacularly against Deshaun Watson that they left enough time for then the Texans to fail spectacularly enough for us to uh, get the ticket. All right, well, whatever year that was. Okay, so three Saints games. And one with Breeze, then, and you don't think we were, yeah you you don't think we were good that day, which is probable because I don't remember it. So yeah, right, right. <laughs> I'm sensing if you don't remember the details, yeah, so that's pretty nondescript. Probably a probably one we either barely won or didn't at all. I'm trying. Well, the year that it was probably the year Mike Thomas broke the record because he broke it against Tennessee. So that was the so that would have been the year we played Tennessee, Houston, Jacksonville. So it's probably that year. Which we probably okay. did win because we were. I'm pretty sure we were the number one seed. That's the same year we were the, the number one seed. But I think that might have been 19. Hmm. Yeah, you would know better than me, I guess. Okay. Well, what about? Do you remember? I mean, the, the interesting thing about the Winston game you called is it's essentially the beginning of the end of the Sean Payton era. Interesting. Yeah. Because then Winston gets hurt. You know, they're never the same team. Winston getting injured is sort of the beginning of everything going wrong that year. You know, they have to play the game against the Dolphins on Monday Night Football with, like, no players. You know, Ian Book had to play. Um, they had, like, no players against the Bills on Thanksgiving. Um, and, and, and it burned Peyton out, really. And he, you know, and he left, um, you know, left in the offseason, took the year off, and is now going to be uh, with Denver. So... Yeah, they, I remember them being in a pretty good place going into that game. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, that, that happened early, too, as first quarter injury, right? And then Trevor Simeon. Yeah, we got through the game, you know, that day. And I remember I remember you guys talking about the coaches meeting at, at, center, at, at you know, midfield at the end. And kind of you could kind of tell them saying to each other that Winston was hurt, that it yeah. was long term. You know what I mean? I remember that. Right. That moment, like, you know, everyone kind of saying, like, Bummer. oh, man, you know. And and as much as it was the end of the Peyton era, it was the end of the Winston era, too. And and you, right. know what? I, you know what I think I figured out? So 2019 is the year we go 13 and 3, um, and we beat the Texans out of Monday Night Football. So that means you didn't call that game. You called 2015. Wasn't that year, long Yeah, ago? one of your first games at Fox. Makes sense. That's about when you started. And wow. we were bad that year, and we lost to the Texans um, uh, in Houston. 
uh, 24-7, I believe. Or 24 okay, six, there you go. Something like that. So it took me a second, but I knew I'd get it. So 2015. And and that was okay. and that was uh you know not a not a good not it's the there's seven and nine something like that but the 2014 team is my most hated Saints team of all time but um <laughs> anyway nobody cares about that let's move on let's talk you know what's really interesting is the World Baseball Classic was a really yeah. divisive tournament for everyone but you um no matter what I've heard about the World Baseball Classic whether people hate it or they loved it or whatever the one thing everyone seems to agree on is it might have been the moment that you took your place as the voice of baseball. You know, I think that yeah. last year there was a lot of, wow, he's really good. Um, wow, I really like him. Oh, he kind of does sound like Buck. Like kind of all these like people dipping their toes in the water, getting to know you a little bit. Um, nothing really negative. Just a lot of kind of like, oh, okay, he's different. I like him. Oh, sometimes he sounds like Buck. You still got the people yeah. who are criticizing you like you were Joe Buck which is one of my favorite things when people would say, ah, oh, Joe Buck's the worst, but it's actually you. Um, and yeah, I, yeah. But I think at the World Baseball Classic, whether it be the, the bringing the ball back or the home, the walk-off home run or whatever moment, it really feels like the time where the country got around Joe Davis as the voice of baseball and seemed to really be jo- enjoying it, and the momentum's really picking up for that as we get into the season. Do you, do you get that feeling at all? Have you? Have you I, I mean, it's, I guess probably – hard to think of yourself as the the voice yeah. of baseball you wouldn't come out and say that necessarily yeah that might be pretentious or whatever but what do you think of my theory there something i put together researching well, this and uh, thinking about it the last yeah. 48 hours well first thing i'd say steve is that really means a lot hearing you say that i mean i, I know you you grind away on this stuff as much as anybody and i'm a so. huge buck guy a huge i mean he's huge as to am me. i yeah as am i yeah and i i think that it's the natural thing right like last year it was okay whether people liked me or not where's dad you know where dad where's where's buck and let's see Uh, about this guy let's just see let's hold on yeah yeah totally and and i i put myself in their seats and it would be the same for me i think i grew up the biggest joe buck fan in the world like i wanted to be joe when i grew up so i think about just as you know put myself in the fan seat again if he's suddenly not there i don't care if the guy's good or not i like i miss the guy who i had associated with these big moments for the last 20 years so i totally get it if uh it took some time and and even if it's still going for people to look at me that way but what an amazing event the wbc was and if it served to do that for me then uh, i guess that's icing on the cake for what was a wonderful experience for me yeah, and I think even for the people that didn't like it or wanted to say they didn't like it, maybe even for whatever reason, I think yeah. they have admitted that it created a momentum for the season either yeah. way. You know, it just got the talk of b- baseball became so important those couple weeks where normally they wouldn't necessarily be to that. Level. Of course, it's always spring training and that's going on. And you're talk- but it felt like it brought – I mean, it's the best international baseball tournament of all time, right? I mean, is there, yeah, yeah, right. I don't think there's anything close. But as far as your, I mean, and you get this every interview, right? I mean, that's kind of what you do. You replace legends. So it wasn't <laughs> your first rodeo, right? And and I don't even yeah. mean, and because if Joe Buck was here, he's like, don't even go there. Don't try to compare anything with me to anything with Vince Scully. And nobody compares anything to Vince Scully. I mean, right? I, I, I for the last five years of his career, I paid for something on the MLB app uh, just so I could. Like he would tell me bedtime stories. Like I yeah. paid for something that gives you all the the audio of the baseball games, 
And not a Dodgers fan, not a Pater or anything like that. Not a Dodgers fan, though. I'm a Braves fan. So I grew up in, you know, TBS kid or whatever. Um, yeah. And I would just put his game on when I would go to bed at 1030 or whatever. And he would tell me stories and I'd go to sleep. So I'm not trying to be unfair to anyone here. I'm just saying that it had have helped a little bit when you're stepping into Joe's shoes, having the experience of For sure. doing a similar thing with the Dodgers. For sure. And what I think it is, Steve, is just trusting that I can be myself and and that can be enough and not feeling like I have to be the guy that I followed, not feeling like I have to replace anybody. You know, I just happen to be the guy following Vin. And in the same way, I just happen to be the lucky son of a gun that gets to follow Joe. And yeah, I modeled a lot of my style after Joe because he's the guy that I grew up listening to, you know, call the big games. But I never would try to be Joe or replace Joe, just like I never tried to do either of those things with Finn. And you hope that over time people can come to uh, at least be okay with what it is that you bring, you know, what it is that I bring. And and as they get to know me and uh, listen to me more and more, hopefully even learn to appreciate some of the stuff I do. But I think, yeah, definitely the experience of following Finn uh, could apply to this as well. Something I've been thinking about lately is I always heard you want to be the guy that replaces the guy who replaced the guy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And yep. I think that this is a, another maybe crazy theory, and you can say if I'm just thinking stuff up because i got too much time on my hands, which is possible. Um, I think, you know, TV and, and radio or whatever, there's been enough time now where there's been enough re- legends replaced that we're almost through the next cycle of legends being replaced. And people have learned from the mistakes of the first group of guys who followed the guys. Hmm. And there's a blueprint now for what works following the guy and what doesn't. That's kind of something I've been picking up on and theorizing and playing with. I don't know, as someone who has a much better view of being the guy after the guy, what you might think of that. Yeah, I'll say this. I I don't know that I ever thought that I had a blueprint. Um, other than kind of what I just said, and that is just be, be me. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, it wasn't like I looked at anybody and said they did it wrong. They tried to be something they weren't. It was just a really simple philosophy that I had, just be myself and and try to be a good guy. And uh, Yeah, so I, maybe that maybe that is a little overthinking. Maybe you did have a little too much time <laughs> on your trip to Columbus. Possible, finance. possible. I wouldn't doubt it. I wouldn't doubt it. The uh, – it, it's it's an, it's it's an exciting period for you for sure. I mean, well, I reached out. I said, "Look, it's the ten year anniversary. My brother played on the twenty thirteen Yale <laughs> National Championship team." I reached out. I said, "Look, it's, it's going to be on ten years. I'm going to put something together. I want you to be part of it." And you said something that blew my mind. Those are the only three hockey games you've ever called in your entire life. Yeah, you know what? And then after I said that, I thought I actually the next year. I did three games. Okay, you did another uh, regional. Worcester. Okay. Yeah, I did, I did another regional. But, yeah, very little hockey experience. And, dude, I had such a blast. Like, that is up there with the most fun things I've ever done. Well, I mean, of the six games, is that, does anything get better than Jesse Root knocking off the number one seed in six seconds in overtime? You ain't kidding, man. And I, I remember going into that. You know, Grand Rapids, Michigan, Van Andel Arena, and, like, Yale was the little engine that could. But uh, that made it extra special. That's part, of, I think, why it was such a fun event for me. And I've watched the, the clip 100 times or more, right? 
Um, anytime it comes up in my mentions or college hockey, international, whatever. I've seen it a million times. And there's two yeah. funny things about it. One is that your partner says he likes Minnesota to score in the first five minutes because of their third period, which was a fine I mean, that's a fine theory. Nothing wrong with that. And then he very quickly says after the Rucos, I had it right. I just had the wrong team. So I love that part of it. <laughs> and then also it seems like you guys weren't quite sure who scored. You know, it happened so fast. And Jesse takes this like painstakingly long route into the route uh, into the corner before his jersey finally turns enough for you guys to see the number 20 and know that it's Jesse. Um, mm. You know, because Kenny makes the digs it out from the back and brings it forward. But two things I noticed about that call, kind of fun thing, and starting the run. And then the last thing I want to say about this is my mom, who's you know was the first fan of the show, obviously, um, back in 2011. She knows almost nothing about anything, but she remembers Joe Davis because you called my brother Andrew um, for the first period, and then she was getting so mad. I so I text or I I message you on Twitter. And you wrote back yeah. and you said they sabotaged my board and it wasn't right. And you showed me where you crossed it off and wrote Anthony over Andrew. And I just love that picture because it's so cool to have your board from that game. Interesting. And kind yeah. of, you know, kind of a cool moment. But um, it's just wild that that, you know, 10 years later where the guys are, every, where everyone is, Quinnipiac in the national championship game tonight as we talk, um, who Yale eventually beat in the final. You know that where they are, um, Yale still trying to recover from the pandemic, which basically wiped out, you know, athletics in the Ivy League, mm. and so many people left because they didn't play at all, and everyone else did. And then you, you know, basically number two football, number one baseball at Fox. So an interesting ten years for sure. But amazing. How are those guys doing from that Yale team? I enjoyed really meeting those guys. Yeah, really time. good. Uh, Kenny still plays. Um, he played. On and off in the NHL, he's in the KHL right now and doing really well there, and it pays really well. It's a really, you know, it's a really good. Um, but yeah. you got to be in Russia, though. You know what I mean? That's the only. Yeah. You know, right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So his mom isn't crazy about it. Um, but he just finished his season there. Um, Andrew Miller played up until like the year a year or two ago. Um, Jesse right. Root works for Hedgeye, which is this like uh, one of the big Yale hockey job markets because it's owned by a former Yale hockey player named Daryl Jones. So a lot of the guys play there. Everyone's doing great. They're Yale hockey. They're Yale kids. You know, they're all doing great. So Right. Yeah, it's right. A, a special team, special group of guys. And a nod to them for 10 years and in your small role in it. Kind of fun. I'm glad you look back on it finally. And it was a great call. You killed the call. I mean, the Jesse Rue call Thanks, was great. Thanks, man. Yeah. You know what? In, in that I've never called hockey before. I, you know, I grew up in Michigan, so I'd been around hockey and, and grew up a hockey fan, but had never called it. The two months leading up to that uh, event, I – practice and studied calling hockey every single day i would pull games up pull college games up on my tv and, uh prep them as if i was doing them and practice to the point where i made sure that i didn't sound like an idiot when i got on the air you did great i you killed it i had no when you told me that the other day i was shocked you know i had no idea yeah. you know that that was really all you ever did hockey wise i had no idea so fooled yeah. me Fooled everyone else. It's a great time in my life. Um, Fake it till you make it. Yeah, in everyone's life. So cool moment. I wanted to mention that and go from there. Now, we, we talked a little bit about baseball and all the momentum that the league has and going forward. Um, what wh what are you thinking about as, as far as the season? Like second year as number one full 
poor guy. Like I said, I think there was a little bit of a, you know, what's the word I want to use? I don't know. Kind of like acceptance. Um, sure. This is our guy. He's he's the man. Let's let's ride with him. Um, and I think that that's fun. But what about the schedule? What's kind of exciting you about baseball? What are you thinking about kind of on, a, on the national level right now? We'll get to the yeah. Dodgers in a second, too. Yeah, you know what? I think building off of the excitement that came from the WBC, and I sense the same thing, it was a great way to launch into the season. This has been so much fun with these new rules. Yeah, I really mm-hmm. think baseball has a chance to explode. And maybe I'm too close to it, and that's – you know that there's bias because of that, but I agree. I just I can't imagine being a kid watching this and not loving it. It's so entertaining right now that I, I'm so excited for baseball and um, you know for it to continue to take off and build off of the momentum that the WBC created and these new rules seem to be perpetuating. Yeah, I totally agree. I think the new rules are a hit. You know the the length, the time of game. I mean, I'm excited to watch a Red Sox Yankees game and know it's not going to go five hours, right? You know yeah, what I mean? Because that rivalry good. particularly has been ridiculous with the time lengths. Yeah, really has. It's a game changer, man. Yeah, and and it it's another thing that you know it's hard in 2023. I think for everyone to love something, but I still haven't heard many people are like, "Man, that pitch clock sucks." Like I've not yeah. heard that from one person. I don't think. You know right. what I mean? It's like. I don't know. What's the last thing everyone loved? Maybe Vince Scully. You know what I mean? Like what, <laughs> what is it? You know, what is a thing like that? It's hard nowadays. Everything is polarizing. Yeah. It seems like. So I think that's a hit. It, there is another um, field of dreams game this year, right? There is not. We're there actually, is not. That's uh, the, right. There's some reason. The big event this year is we're going to London. Okay. And uh, doing Cubs Cardinals over there. So very excited for that. That'll be in June. Taking my family over there with me. I've actually never been to Europe. So my four-year-old's either, first yeah. trip to Europe is going to be my first trip. It's like, you got no idea how good you got it, kid. I hear that. But, uh, yeah. Pump for that part of the schedule and um, some, some good matchups throughout the summer, too. And how's the Dodgers grind going? I mean, the nice thing about the Dodgers, they're always great, right? I mean, yeah. what's the worst yeah. Dodgers team you've been a part of? Jeez. Uh, I mean, honestly, it's half-joking, but it's half serious i think that the biggest reason that i'm still here that they haven't run me out of town post vin is because they win a hundred games a year everyone's like happy if I was everyone's always happy losses, yeah yes exactly if i was delivering bad news they might have run me out of town because you know how it goes yeah we tend to associate our emotions with the game mm-hmm. with the guy delivering that news to us so Worst team, I, there hasn't been a bad team. They won the division. The one year they didn't win the division, Steve, they won 106 games. So it's like. <laughs> right, to the Giants. The with the Giants, right? And then they played exactly. the five game. Yeah. In the postseason where there's been some disappointment, it's I'm not on those games. Right. Because, right? you, you know, you just have the national TV, and I've had a few of those, but um, I'm not always in that chair. So, man, yeah, doing the Dodgers is a blast, and, and that's a big part of it, how good they are. And you mentioned that, and again, this is a, a theory I thought was mine, but then I've heard like a thousand people say it, so I know it's not my theory. It's just a common thought a lot of people have that must mean it's true, is that baseball is such a day-to-day thing that you experience with the local guys that I think mm-hmm. it's really difficult on the national level because you listen to homers all year long. Yep. And then yep. you get to the national game, and it's like the natural instinct. And, and I would always talk to Joe about this, and I would send him screenshots. You During any national playoff baseball game, World Series, play, you can find 
15, in, five, in 30 seconds, you can find 15 people who say Joe Davis hates the Astros. Then you got 50 yep. people who say Joe Davis hates the – who they beat in the World Series last year? I can't remember for some reason. Phillies. Oh, Phillies. Phillies, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And it's it's a crazy thing, I think, especially in baseball. because, And I think it's just because we listen to people who cheer for our team all year long. You're 100% right. And I think because I have the perspective of, of the other side, it doesn't bother me. Mm-hmm. That and I'm off social media. Like, yeah, I'm you're not out. On Twitter anymore, yep. So I I don't see that stuff. That's good. You do Instagram, right? But you're off. So you're otherwise no. Yeah, right. Yeah. I, I post on there a little bit. I only follow my wife on Instagram, mostly <laughs> just because I I know that I I'm not strong enough mentally to not let that turn into a huge distraction and like Fair. trap productivity trap. So uh, yeah, I'm pretty minimal on the social media, blissfully. Well, it's pretty close to football draft, which means it's not going to be long till schedule. And once yeah. you get schedule, it just it's 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 really becoming all your sport where these things start to roll into each other, and it makes the off season feel a little shorter. Or I'm just getting older, and time feels shorter. I don't know what it is, ah. but we're all ready to draft pretty much, and schedule is usually right around there. And you're gonna find out your games, but your number two essentially. I mean, I always kind of feel like in football, there's the number one team, and then all the other ones. I guess you know. I guess that's not totally true because like if you're on the fifth team, and you know you're getting the Two and fourteen versus two and thirteen every week. You probably notice that, but you know, I, I think that Fox is a great team. I'm a huge Kenny Albert guy. I mean, I, and first of all, I think the one—if it is a one-two team—I know Kenny does as much baseball as he can. But you two guys on base—it's on Kenny's so underrated on baseball because he didn't do it that much. But he had—he mm-hmm. got lucky with the Trey Turner Grand Slam, and I think it showed people yeah, awesome. how great he is. And he had the Batista bat flip in what was that 2015, yep. and he killed that call too. But um, yep. what about football? It's a great team at Fox. No Brady again this year. So the number one team is going to stay the same. You sh- I assume your team will stay the same. Um, what are you looking forward as we kind of finish up here? The football season, what thoughts, early thoughts do you have as, as we get closer to that? Yeah, I'm with you. The, it is kind of a year-round thing, and we all look forward to that schedule coming out too, and we start to try and figure out where we're going to wind up and uh, I've not been told one way or the other what the crew will look like, but right. uh, everything would, would lead me to believe it would be Moose and I again. And I had a great time with him last year. He, he's as good of a partner as I've ever worked with, as selfless of a partner as I've ever worked with. And I think you talk about Kenny Albert being underrated on baseball. I think Moose is underrated on football. He Fair. is as solid and solid. sound and compared as they come. Yeah, he's so, you know, it's not just him, but Pam Oliver, who's a legend. I, I like to let those guys know. It makes them feel old, but it's an honor for me to work with them because they were doing a bunch of games I was watching as a kid, as a Lions fan growing up. I had them yeah. all the time. So um, it's a treat to work with those guys. And you're right, it won't be long. We'll be talking about that again. And I and I know you're you're you don't you're not a fan anymore, you're in this, so you're you detached from the Lions fanhood that you had as a kid, but you gotta be excited. I think we all should be, just as people who like football, about what is happening in Detroit. No, doesn't it feel like they're on the preface of being like one of the top teams in the NFC for the first time in a long time. You know, I know they had the, you know, the Stafford Johnson era, which was one playoff game. The saints killed them. Sorry about that. But I mean, it really feels like something's going with the lions. No. Yeah. No, we started to talk about that as last year went on. Like you could see it developing. And I remember making the comment probably like November or something like that. You know what? They're going to go into next year. As one of the hot stories. Right. And that, that kept on trending that way over the final couple months. And 
I think it's awesome for football. And, and yeah, of course, there's still the Michigan boy and the Lion fan in me yeah. deep inside there. And uh, it's really neat. I, I hope we get to go to Detroit to do a game this year. Yeah, people made fun of Dan Campbell at first. He's part of the Sean Payton coaching tree. I think he's great, and I think he's done really good. And if the Lions are good, Thanksgiving is better, so I'm all for it. Amen. Uh, Joe Amen Davis making his debut here on the Sportscasters. Of course, you know where to find him. He's calling Dodgers games. He's calling uh, number one play-by-play by play in the United States on baseball. Great debut. i got to get you back soon. Maybe we'll have more time to talk about more things. we got to get you some really iconic Saints games, too, so I can drool Love about it. those and talk about that. Do you have any questions for me? No, nah, Steve, we'll make okay. it happen again sometime soon, though, man. I enjoyed it. All right, I appreciate it, and I appreciate your role in the greatest sports two, three weeks of my life. Um, not forgotten. A, a, a classic jet call on the Jesse Rukel, which I played before you came on. So uh, I'll, I'll be listening. No matter what, I'll be listening to that call as long as I live. So thank love you for it. that. I love it. All right, Joe. Thank you. Enjoy the game tonight. Okay. Talk all right. soon, all right? Be well. Thank you. All right, bye. Could have used a few pounds Tight pants, points, hollering out She was a black-haired beauty with big dark eyes And points all her own, sudden way up high All right, I want to thank Joe Davis for debuting on the Sportscasters. Awesome to have him. Thanks, Joe. All right, book club real quick. New book. The 1998 Yankees, the inside story of the greatest baseball team ever by Jack Curry. This is on 12 books. Shout out to Steph over there who hooked me up with it. Comes out May 2nd, and we're going to have Jack on the last week of April to discuss the book. The 1998 Yankees, of course, beat the Padres in the World Series, really kicked the crap out of everyone, which is why I guess Jack is calling them the best team ever. It's an easy read. I'm excited to do it. And talk to Jack about it in a few weeks, the 1998 Yankees. Uh, another one from 12 Books that is, it's, it's down the road a little bit still. It doesn't come out until June 20th. Um, but they sent this to me, and I love working with them so much that I jumped on it. It's called Cage Kings. How an unlikely group of moguls, champions, and hustlers transformed the UFC into a $10 billion industry. It's by Michael Thompson, and I'm, I'm excited to read it. I don't know enough about UFC, um, so it's going to be a lot of new information for me, and I'm excited to read it, and we'll have, uh, we'll have Michael on sometime in June to talk about it. Looking forward to that. Still not sure what's going on with this one. The Voices of Baseball, the game's greatest broadcasters reflect on America's pastime by Kirk McKnight. I got to reach out to him. The book is beautiful, though. Although my copy's ruined by a sticker. But if you want it, I'll send it to you. Email me, thesportscasters at gmail.com. I got to find out with Kirk what's up with that book. But I keep mentioning it because it's such a beautiful book. And then, of course, the one I'm reading now and really looking forward to talking to the author. It's called LeBron. Jeff Benedict is the author. He was uh, the co-author of Tiger with Armin Katayan, who also has a book this year. He also did the Patriots Dynasty book by himself. It was great. Loved having him on. LeBron, what I've read so far, is really good. 
LeBron and the Lakers, of course, will make their run at a championship. They won game one as a, I guess they're the seventh seed. They won game one against Memphis, who I think they're going to cream. But what do I know? But LeBron by Jeff Benedict. So one, two, three, four books right now. Um, I think the next book club interview will probably be the Jack Curry one in a couple weeks. Um, we'll keep rolling books in and out. I'm constantly emailing, agreeing, requesting, trying to get everything we can book club related through the show. All right. A guy that's had a book featured in the book club before is Jim Florentine. We also did a CD of his in the book club. And uh, he's coming to Buffalo next week. Can't wait for that. And I can't wait for you to hear this interview I recorded with Jim. I think it's the best one we've ever done together. And he's got some big news for that metal show fan. So let's take a break. We'll be right back with Jim Florentine. All right, our next guest today is from New Jersey. He is a stand-up comedian. He's an author. He hosts a podcast. He's been a television host, one of the best on-camera pranksters of all time. Uh, legend on Howard Stern, just an all-around great guy. Excited to have him return today. A warm sportscaster's welcome to Jim Florentine. Hey, Jim, welcome back. What's going on, man? How's it going? Good. How are you doing today? Jersey? I'm doing good. Out in Jersey? You know. Yeah, starting to get a little warmer. <laughs> Some days, yeah, some yeah. days now. But yeah, I mean it's we got like, you know, three inches of snow the whole summer, which a uh, whole winter, which is great. Yeah, we had a weird winter in Buffalo because we had two absolutely catastrophic storms, like maybe the worst one of my life around Christmas, and then almost nothing else. So it's like if you take out the six or seven worst days of winter, we had a really easy winter. But you put those in and it was, you know, seven days of hell or whatever for the for the couple of days. The Bills had to move a game. You know, the Bills had to go play in Detroit. In Detroit. Yeah, I yeah. remember that. Yeah. You know, and that's crazy for here because they play. I mean, if you remember that game against the Colts a couple of years ago, they played it. And there was, you know, seven inches of snow on the field. Um, well, that's that's the NFL now, to God yeah. forbid. You know, because, look, the NFL wants to market themselves to everyone, every possible human being on the planet. True. And when you try to do that with your league, you're going to have to constantly make sacrifices. Oh, this is too dangerous for them to play. Oh, my God, they're slipping. You know, the, what are the fans going to do? Or how are the fans going to get there? Meanwhile, it's a great game to watch on TV when it's like that. But And people so here love be, to go like that. People love that. You know, they live for those. They love it. Exactly. There. Especially yeah. the Buffalo fans. Yeah, they live for babies. that. No. That stadium would have been full. My first game there. I'm a big Saints fan, and the Saints played here in 1989. It was my first game there. Uh, my dad took me, and it snowed all day long. And then the Saints won. And when we were when the Saints were kneeling, uh, John Forcade was our quarterback that day. From uh, he played in the Arena League. Bobby Abair was hurt. They needed a quarterback. Forcade plays. They win. The game's winding down. I feel something on my back. I feel another one. Something else. I'm like, oh, my God, I think people are throwing snowballs at me. I'm going to go tell my dad. I look back. It's my dad and all his friends just chucking snowballs at me. Really? <laughs> yeah, just crushing me. Cause, great. Yeah, it was great. It was a great. It was a good, you know, it was a good moment. And then, you know, I, I talked trash the whole way home because my team won and his team lost. But, no, it was really fun. It's fun to be down there like that. I couldn't believe they moved it. But, like you said, that's a sign of the times, I suppose. So, I'm a Bills hater. Uh, 
Um, I have to do it sort of quietly because my friends and family love the Bills, and I feel bad because they supported me when the Saints won the Super Bowl and all that. But what's up with Tua? What do you think? Is he? How confident are you going forward with him? Not because of his talent, but because of his injury history and the specific injury. Like you said, it's one that teams get a lot of pressure about. You know, you don't care about the player if the player plays or whatever. You know what I mean? Like it's a. Uh, it's different than a knee, head injuries. But where do you think, as a fan, where do you feel about Tua and his future? Are you nervous about that, or do you feel like he's going to come back? And and because he really started to show what we thought he would be, you know? Yeah. No. I look. I mean, the, for, you know, it happened on uh, a Thursday night game. So, Everyone was then, watching. You know, he did that. Mm-hmm. He did that thing with his fingers and mm-hmm. stuff. And meanwhile, meanwhile, you know, he got released from the hospital. And he was on the team plane on the way home, laughing, hanging out with the coach, watching a movie. So he was fine. He just got temporarily, temporarily got knocked out, which Joe Burrow said in a couple of games, he doesn't remember playing in college in a couple of, I think in the first year with the Bengals, because he got so, you know, some kind of head injury, you know, two had two concussions the whole year, not the end of the world. Right. T. Higgins on the, the Bengals receiver had two. Kenny Pickens from the Steelers had two in two weeks. Right. Um, so it's not that big of a deal that he had two concussions in, in you just got to rest longer. You know, Mario Lemieux is a perfect example in hockey. Who's gotten like 12 concussions and Crosby and, too. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. Not Lemieux. Crosby. Crosby's yeah. One you're thinking. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. you just have to wait longer to sit out and then they're fine. And Crosby hasn't had one in like five years. Right. No, he's been, yeah, no, you're right about so, that. That's a good comparison. You know, it's, but it's all, you know, there was a guy in a, um, I think it may have been the Bills, uh, Mick Morse or something. Uh, one of the centers or offensive linemen has had six in the last two years, and nobody even talks about that. Right, wrong position. You know, and I- right, wrong position. So, look, Tua's got one year. They picked up his option. He's got this year to see if he's gonna if he can last a year. If he does, if he plays great this year and he doesn't get hurt, then he's gonna get a big contract yeah. extension. So yeah. This is his make or break year. So I'm excited. Yeah, is he fragile? Yeah, but. You know, those weren't, you know, specific knee or hip injuries like he's had before. So, right. And, you know, I think what happened in the Buffalo game, too, was what, like five days before the one on national TV. And you had like that guy from the the guy that went to BU and was a wrestler that does a lot of the CTE um, research was like, oh, I told you so. And, and kind of had his moment with that. Uh, and I think, you know, and people love people who watch the games diagnose these concussions without ever being in the stadium, speaking to the player. And like, I believe the dolphins, if they say Tua didn't have a concussion that day, I don't know. Tua went out with a back injury yeah, that and, game. And everyone he got is pushed so at the sure. goal line. Right. He got pushed at the goal line by yep. a frigging fullback, like a 400 pound fullback, right. Trying to get in the end zone. And he's a little guy and that hurt him there. And then the next, the next the time they got the ball, he got sacked and he landed. Yeah, he landed a little on his head, but it was his back. Right. Because and and then the NFL investigated, and they have this separate team. It's not just the Dolphins, a separate you know yeah. concussion people, and they checked him out at halftime, and he was fine. They even investigated, and he was fine. So it wasn't like the Dolphins tried to hide anything, and he came out in the third quarter and won the game. Right. So that, that had nothing to do with it. The problem is playing a game five days five after days you play later on Sunday. Yep. And I and on national week. TV, you know, where everyone's watching that one game. And looking to well, have a spike the ball moment. I told you he was hurt. It's the greedy NFL, you yep. know, putting stupid Thursday night games on Amazon Prime, which half the country doesn't even have. Another if one you're, If you travel, 
It's not in any hotel room, so you can't even watch the game because it's not. A, they don't have smart TVs in the hotel rooms. And now this year they're saying that teams could play up to two games on Thursday, and they might still pass it next week or two weeks from now to owners where they could flex Flats. out a Thursday night game. Yep. So if there's a, you know, I, I travel a lot to go to these games, so I'll I travel know. to Miami to see the Jet game. So, so if I within 14 days of me booking flights, hotels, my kid, all that other stuff. Whoever else is going, they could switch that game 14 days out to from Sunday to Thursday. Now, who can go to that Thursday game? Yeah, unbelievable disrespect to their fans if they do that. And Roger Goodell says, well, we have to respect all the fans. What about the fans that want a competitive game at our home? Okay, real. they're all doing this because Amazon's paid a billion dollars for the package. And they want better games. And they, and the games were terrible last year. And Al Michaels was calling them out during the games, right? I mean, Al Michaels. Yeah, they were all bad. Yeah, and yeah. nobody, you can't find them. You know, unless unless you have a smart TV, you can't even watch them at home. You got to watch them on your iPad. Who wants to watch a game on there? No crummy games to begin with. So now that they're, they're caving into Amazon, you know that uh, okay, we got to get them better games. Well, there's only there was only, last year there was like eight good teams. The rest of the teams are terrible. Yes, yes. So how many how many times are you going to put the friggin' the same teams on? You know the Chiefs. You know, the Steelers were terrible. You know, they were start off like one and seven. The Packers were horrible. All these big teams, Tampa looked look terrible with Tom Brady. So all these big teams looked, te- you know, and they, they scheduled all these games. and They were terrible. And there's the Broncos. They thought Russell Wilson. They put him on yep. every week for the yep. first seven weeks. Uh-huh. And there's so, so many packages, Jim. I mean, there's not eight great games a week. All you know what I mean? Because you, if you're trying to make CBS, Fox. ESPN, NBC, Amazon. You're trying to give them all a good game. There's not always that many good games every week. You know what I mean? I don't know. It's- no, there isn't at all. And, you know, um, the Sunday night game is stupid. You know, everyone's exhausted from watching football all day. If you're going to start the Sunday game, start it at 7 o'clock or 7.30. Right after. 1, 4, and don't, 7. Right we after. don't need another hour yeah. of highlights. You're right. We already saw all the highlights. Everybody's got the friggin' Red Zone channel. We don't need to see the highlights for 45 minutes. And I was talking about, oh, well, what's going to happen tonight in the game? Nobody cares. Start it right at 7.30. I don't know anyone on the East Coast that watches a full Sunday night game unless it's their team. They fall asleep by like 9.30. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, this will be an interesting year. I know you're a fan of an out-of-market team like I am. It's going to be interesting with the first year with the Sunday ticket not on DirecTV. You know, so we're going to have to go to YouTube, whatever they're – Now, the one thing I was really worried about when YouTube got in was at first I thought I was going to have to subscribe to whatever their packages, but you don't have to. They they are going to sell it separately. Um, so at least there's that. But now the Sunday ticket is a streaming package. You know what I mean? So – I'm not. I, well, let's hope your internet doesn't go down. Right, you're screwed. Yeah, you're right. It's you know which constantly does if you live in an area that doesn't have good internet. So then your YouTube, then your game's going to get interrupted. Yeah, it's a, it's and you know I blame the the cord. I'm still I still haven't cut the cord. You know I like to switch the channels. I'm whatever. I'm old school like that. Plus the Sabers games, um, it just makes it easier for me. I was t- I heard a Yankee fan saying if you want to watch every Yankee game this year. You need to have, you know, a cable package for yes, or you need to sign up for their um, OTT service now, which is $30 a month just for yes. So you need that. You need to get yes one way or another. Then you need to get Amazon because they have exclusive Yankee games this year. You need ESPN because they're going to have Yankees games. You need Fox because they're going to have Yankees games. You need Apple TV yeah, because they're going to have Yankee games. 
I mean, holy hell. It's tough to be a sports fan the way everything has become so fragmented in terms of the rights packages and the leagues have gotten so greedy in monetizing them and trying to suck every sec. Like, do the New York Yankees really need whatever money they get from Amazon to make those, I think it's 12, 12 to 20 games on Friday nights this year um, are going to be exclusively on Amazon. Like, do the Yankees, and those games used to be on over-the-air TV. Those were yeah, the ones right. That, they used to be yeah. on, like, the local Channel 11 yeah. here. Yeah. I don't know. That's rough. It's rough. It's a rough landscape for sports fans, I feel like, right now. There's more sports yeah. ever. There's more sports ever broadcast, but to get them all, you need a million packages. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know. So it's 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 wild. We'll see what happens with um with that. The draft's coming up. What how did the Dolphins do free agency wise? Anything get you excited there? Well, I got no, he traded for Jalen Ramsey, who's huge. Right. Yes. Um, they didn't do much, you know, got a couple of players like right. fringe players or whatever, but and they only got like three picks in the draft. They traded a lot of draft picks. They got a second, third, right. and I think a fifth and a seventh. So I'm not expecting big stuff in the draft, but they need a tight end, a linebacker. But um, those are pieces that are Tyree Kill and Ramsey, basically those missing draft picks, right? I mean, those are picks they used to. Yeah. 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 And then Bradley Chubb, they got from and the Chubb, Broncos right. this year. Yeah. Which is fine, you know what I mean? It's like because they, you know, when they miss on draft picks, they miss hard. So they and they miss a lot, but then they, you know, they pick up some gems like Jalen Waddle and then you know Jalen Phillips and Javon Holland and stuff. But then they miss on you know a bunch of others. So I, I'd rather them just get some star players, and that owner has no problem paying them. You know, he'll give them the big signing bonus, right. so it helps on the salary cap and stuff. He he does no problem writing checks. Yeah, he'll and he'll restructure. He'll he'll just. You know, turn it into cash if you need the extra thirty million or whatever. The Saints GM, their Saints owner and GM is really good about that too. Everyone thinks the Saints are always in salary cap hell, but in reality, they just convert the money in there. Yeah, you know, right now I think they're fifteen million under. Um, so yeah, I'm excited for the Dolphins. Like I said, as someone who's got special interest in all the AFC East teams that aren't the Bills, um, and I think the Bills are going to live to regret that thirteen seconds, man. You know what I mean? As we as <laughs> blowing that game in Kansas City, I don't know. That's gonna haunt that's them for a long bills, time. That's oh, typical Bills, though. That's typical Bills franchise uh, curse franchise. Listen, I never thought Miami Miami lost the last six in a row. You know, to the Bills before they 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 beat them this year, like third game of the year, right. and then they they only lost by a field goal the other two times in Buffalo on a Saturday night. It was like twenty degrees in the snow. With two, and then the third string quarterback in the playoff game, they almost won that game. Yeah, that's what I knew the Bills weren't winning the Super Bowl. That, that's that why game I was like, they're, the they're a lot closer to the Bills, or the Bills got, you know, the Dolphins are a lot closer because, you know, people always say about Brian Flores, oh my God, he was four, five and one against the Patriots. He shouldn't have got fired. He was 0 6 against the Bills, got blown out five times, and that's the team you need to beat. Forget the Patriots. Right. The Patriots are going to be 9 and 8, yep. 10 and 7, 8, 9. I'm not worried about the Patriots anymore, but the team that he needed to beat would get blown out. He had no answer for the Bills. And then, you know, McDaniel comes in and right away beats them the first week. Yeah. Yeah. No, so, you're right. I like McDaniel. But they closed the window on the Bills, which is good. They lost a couple of the players this year. And I don't know. Josh Allen didn't. I thought I was like, man, now we got a new Tom Brady in the division for the next 20 years. This Josh Allen guy. But then last year he was make, made some really bad mistakes late in the game. Yeah. He. And he's had some struggles in the red zone. Um, he makes some. In- I think sometimes he plays too hard, tries too hard, tries to do too much on his own. 
you know, tries to force balls. And then that's, it's really, it's a really difficult thing. I think as coaches too, because you don't want to coach out the competitiveness in him. You know what I mean? But you want him to find a way to be smarter in, especially in the red zone. So he just turns the ball over too much there, but it'll be Look, interesting. Josh it's, Allen is amazing, but yeah. as watching him as a dolphin fan, he's a crybaby. I mean, he'll run over, he'll run over three people, no problem. But if someone touches him once he hits the end zone, or, you know, he gets, he gets hit right after he throws the ball. Oh, where's the flag? Flag, Crying like a baby. I love, I love the rivalry here. I love Bill's Dolphins. The NFL is better when Bill's Dolphins rivalry is the way it was with Marino and Kelly. In those years, yeah, and the, Jet, the Jets had sucked so bad that you know no one even cared. The Dolphin can't, fans don't even care about the Jet fans. Like whatever, they're just a no. They're like a gnat. It's like, all right, just get off me. Yeah, they used to be huge back in the day, but it's not so much anymore. And the Jets will never get good. I don't care if they get Aaron Rodgers. I still think he's going to go somewhere else. Right. He's just waiting for another team to jump in, like a team after the draft that didn't get their quarterback. Um, he doesn't want to go to the Jets at all. That's his only option right now. That's the only reason he's saying it. And um, that that franchise is cursed too. And even if they get them, they're going to go maybe nine and eight, maybe. It was so Jets last year when you see that when with Brees Hall, you know, and they they nail that pick, and he's just tearing up the league, and then boom, ACL gone for the year. Yeah, and who knows if he's going to be any <laughs> right. good? And then what happened with a running back? You never know if he's going to be Adrian Peterson coming back, you know, or if he's going to be Kajana Carter and just yep. ruined or whatever. Yeah, and then you know they lost the last six games of the year. Yeah. You know, and, uh, you know, so, and, you know, they have a good defense. Yeah, so what? Okay, so that was last year when they were playing crummy teams that didn't even, all of a sudden they're playing the Jets. Like, oh, man, we got to start playing. You know, they, they took them lightly. This year they got to play the NFC East and the AFC West, the two big, you know, best divisions in football. So good luck with the Jets. I don't care if you get Aaron Rodgers or not. It's not going to make any difference. Sportscaster here with Jim Florentine, and he's coming to Buffalo He's coming to Rob's Comedy Playhouse April 22nd. Looking forward to that. A lot of great Jim Florentine stuff going on. The The best thing, which I hope people know about, is that Meet the Creeps is finally streaming. So it's on Tubi, um, and it's the best hidden camera show of all time. So damn funny. I was so excited when it hit streaming because I can just watch. Anytime I'm in a bad mood, I can watch 10 minutes of Meet the Creeps, and I'm not in a bad mood anymore also the the angry waiters back um and i'm excited about that and i wanted to get some more details from you because you've been teasing it a little bit a similar that metal show type thing you and jameson are going to do on youtube what can you tell me about that as a huge former that metal show fan yeah i mean well yeah the, the yeah um you know meet the crease might come back there's there's oh you know definitely God. talk of it <laughs> that'd be so good and Meet the and then also yeah a version you know sort of like a rock show almost a similar version of that metal show not exactly that metal show that we can't we can't announce yet but it's in the workings with um with the three of us back together me Jameson and Trunk oh okay I I was I wasn't wrong that I heard you say something about doing no I mentioned on my podcast okay it was just me and Don at the time and okay. then we worked in and it's going to be all three of us and oh, okay. you know we'll probably announce something in the next couple of weeks but oh. Everything's uh, in the works, but yeah, we're gonna you know do a, a something on YouTube like a live stream type thing. Oh, did you guys ever think about asking Netflix? And you know what? I, <laughs> I, I never thought about. That's a good idea. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they would say yes. Yeah, or Hulu even. You know, know three three yeah. middle aged white guys that that fits the <laughs> diversity and talking about heavy metal. Netflix. Yeah, talking about yeah, heavy talking metal. about Warren and stuff. I that that you know that's 
Talk about diversity. Three middle-aged white dudes. Absolutely. Yeah, they would love that. Well, that's amazing news that it's potentially all three of you. And so I'll be, we'll be on the lookout for that. Cause I, you know, and, and it, the, the worst thing about like the bad thing about metal, that mouse are going away is it just, it was, it's owned by a network that does, you can't get it. You know what I mean? They're not, you can't even be nostalgic. You, you can find clips here and there on YouTube. You know, even Eddie will complain a lot about how they, for whatever reason, they're so anxious to delete stuff off there when it goes up. Yeah, they put it, they take it right down yeah. by a com that company, and um, yeah, and they just it's in a vault somewhere, and they don't care. It's amazing. But they, anything VH1 or MTV related is like that. They just yeah. have all this stuff, and they don't care. They don't. They've always been stupid like that. So, what are you gonna do? Yeah, and the waiter stuff is great. That's been back the last few weeks. <laughs> yeah, I got a bunch more coming out, and then I got more where I played at uh, the therapist that gives bad advice. Okay, those are good too. I love when you took the food away from them. They're photographing the food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah you can find those on Jim's um, Jim's page, his YouTube page. You search Jim Florentine on YouTube. Find those. So good stuff. The ba- I think one of the great things about Meet the Creeps <laughs> is no reveal, and I I wish more shows like that would do that. You know what I mean? Where it just, it's always such a lame moment when, oh, we're just joking. Oh, you got me. Oh, okay. Like, I think that's the, the, I think that's part of what makes it so great. Like, I was watching. Well, that's also part of why we never got picked up from Comedy Central because we did a pilot for Comedy Central, you know, with the Meet the Creeps. And, you know, the, the, the heads are like, it's too mean spirited, you know, because we didn't do the reveal. I'm right. like, I don't want to do the reveal. It just, then if you know you you know you're just doing it for regular TV, like almost like candid camera back in the day, and yeah, well, like, oh, we got oh, you got me. Where well, oh my god, you know, I don't want, I never wanted to show that. So, you know, even back then, they, but then there was other hidden cameras shows that came out, like that. Um, uh, what was that show like on TNT or TBS that? The Practical Jokers or Impractical Jokers? No, no, that's those guys are good, but those, okay. that they reveal and it's almost like a game show type thing, but uh. Tracy Morgan used to host it. Oh, the or what? Oh, Tracy Morgan. So I was thinking about the Jamie Kennedy experiment. Wasn't that something kind of hidden video stuff too? Yeah, I don't remember watching that. But anyway, there was some other stuff that was way crazier stuff. You know what I mean? Out there, once after Meet the Creeps didn't get picked up, so I think it was just like a few years ahead of our time. Ahead of with your that time, stuff. yeah. I think that might be right. And yeah, the show is has so many great cameos too. You know, like people like. Casey from Stern or, um, you know, who else is great on that? Uh, Jim Norton, Artie Norton, Lang. Lang, Club, Club Soda Kenny. Club Soda Kenny. Yeah. Just, yeah. Uh, when Club, Club Soda Kenny and Jimmy have some great ones where they go when they're when they're in the stores together and they yeah. start yelling at each other. <laughs> and the one I watched the other day on Tubi that had me just rolling was when you guys were the valets at your buddy's restaurant. Oh, yeah. We, and we had <laughs> with a, the a little girl in the back seat. <laughs> And we had the mattress on the on top of the on top of the, uh, yeah. the roof. And the guy, the guy with the bike, he couldn't really speak English. He wasn't sure what's yeah. going on. He just you went and parked his bike, and then yeah. he's like, "Okay, I'm ready to go." He went, "Yeah." <laughs> and then you guys were running down the street trying to put it like on his head. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So stupid. So I'm looking at Tracy Morgan. Is it was it just called the Tracy Morgan Show? No, no, he hosted it. It was strange, not Stranger Things, but something like. Uh, I'm trying to look here. What Scare is- Tactics. Fair, okay. Scare Tactics was really good, man. I mean, they do show at the end. I mean, they they 
they go full. I mean, even further than we did with with pranks. Well, you said, I and then they tell them at the out. end, "Hey, you're on scare tactics," but they're so scared of what just happened, how what a situation they were in, that it's like it's not like oh, all silly and stuff. Yeah, 2003, they did 151 episodes of it. Ten years yeah. they ran. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Wow, you have to check that out. Um, yeah, so lots of great stuff uh, for Jim to look forward to. How's the road been? It's COVID stuff pretty much over by now, right? Is everything seem to get back yep. to normal? I know you mentioned on the pod, like, Comedy Club's the best place to be if you're tired of the woke stuff and all that because it just doesn't seem to live there. You know what I mean? You've been having a good time. Comedy's never been bigger. Yeah. It's never been bigger. People are selling more tickets than ever to comics. And it kind of, nobody's walking out r- very rarely. Maybe if you're in a big city and they don't know who you are and you go on stage or something like that, but very rare that that's even going on. And, uh, no, it's, it's amazing. It's a great time for comedy. And people are so sick of all the yeah. crap that's going on that they really, whatever side of political angle you're on, like, all right, this is a little too much. Right. So they don't, you know, so it's great. I love it. Well, I think like the Top Gun movie, and it was a you know a cool movie or whatever. I think it was as popular as it was because people were just dying for something that wasn't, again, for lack of a better word, woke or whatever. Um, something that wasn't what was what is always presented. It was just a you know a patriotic kick ass action movie or whatever. You know, some, something that I feel like it proved that that what people really want, and I think comedy is in the same vein of that you know people people are just like you know i'm tired of what's on the tv or what's being presented in other entertainment i'm gonna go find the real people the real stuff in the clubs and you know doing comedy around and around and even the even the hugest specials it's not just the clubs you know look what chris rock did recently or whatever you know what yeah. I mean? rejecting that stuff so i think it's a big i think comedy is almost like the hero in all this right now you know what i mean they're the ones that are taking us hopefully lifting us out of this horrible cycle you know what i mean that we've been and it's also like you know people know who to come in to see they research the comics now everyone's got a clip online whatever comic you are so they could say i this isn't my style of comedy and those people that are really offended by things they're not coming to a comedy club that's not the place for them and they know it yeah and so they just don't go so it's not really it's not you know so the people aren't walking out in droves and all these problems or any of that stuff Right, they they know who the comics they would like are, and they just go find them. Right, you know, and it's they're... it's mostly the media just driving all this stuff, like all this division, like everyone's, you know, yeah, they can't take this that, and meanwhile everyone's just living their lives. Like I don't care, whatever, I don't care about kind of crap. I don't even watch the news. I don't even know what's going on. I don't. Care. I just want to laugh. They don't even care. Yeah, podcast went from Barstool back to um to the other spot. Did you have a good time with Barstool or? Um, did you just, yeah, it was good, but I, you know, I got signed right when I started right when the pandemic, bad timing. So yeah, it was super bad timing because that's the whole thing about being barstool is being in studio and doing other shows and, yeah. you know, going around making the rounds and then, you know, New York was shut down for like a year and a half. He couldn't go in an office. Right. So you never got to be like integrated into the culture of it or whatever. No. Barstool is very much about barstool. You know what I mean? Right. Yep. Yeah. 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 Okay. So. Yeah, so it just never, you know, so then it was like, you know, it was like a two-year contract. It was up. I was like, I just want to, we both just went our separate ways. No hard feelings. Right. right? I still have friends over there. It's no big deal. Yeah, fair enough. I, yeah. I think the show has almost never been better. The rants are great. I think you're really in the groove with the, you know, the con, with the, 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 the topics, you know, the rotating, whether it be the awful Facebook or the slogans or the T-shirt or whatever. I just think the pod's never never been better. So make sure you check that out. And you can be the Patreon. You get even more pod as well if you join the Patreon 
for just a few more. So I was thinking about this. I wanted to ask you. So you, you've done a book. You know, Meet the Creeps is coming back potentially. Uh, Metal Show is coming back potentially. You're one of the great stand-up comics in the country. You've done acting. Is there anything else you really want? Is there? Is there? And again, I don't want to say bucket list because that sounds awful. But is there something you still want to achieve in show business? Is there another thing you want to do? Uh, the, the telemarketer CDs. The last one was great. The last track. Oh my God! Just goes on. Oh, and fiance. On. Oh my God! Too good. <laughs> Too oh my god <laughs> <laughs> oh man so <laughs> the if you haven't wa- listened to the last uh awful telemarketer cd it's on the streaming services just and just go right to the last track it's so well it's called fiance, fiance. So even okay they, yeah you yeah. can just search it yeah fiance. 18 minutes <laughs> and it feels like five right but then when you're done you, you don't you feel like you've laughed for six hours like it's just it's so funny, but I don't know. Is, maybe that's a stupid question. But is there is there something else you you're trying to do or thinking about doing or anything? Not else? really. No, you feel pretty good about. Yeah, I mean, I just like doing a stand up in the clubs. I still love doing it, getting up on stage, creating, and working on jokes and stuff. So travel doesn't know. have you worn out at all. The way the travel's been with the planes and all that. This last not really. It's no. not that bad. I mean, no. you know, and Newark's a good. Do you use Newark mostly? Yeah, Newark's kind of a, you know pretty shitty, but you just got to know the times to fly. Right, and at least there's a million options. flights. At least there's a million flights. You know what there's I mean? There's a million flights yeah. going out of there. You know, sometimes, but you just usually I fly out the first flight in the morning on the way home right from before I'm shit from, gets that's back. That's the least up. one to be delayed. Yep, because that plane's been sitting there overnight. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like it's already there. Or so you know, just something stupid. But look, if you get delayed in airport for three hours, what are you gonna do? That's you just it's life. Yeah, it's like how's Luke? He's good. Good. How old is Luke yeah. these days? He's twelve. My oh son my now. God. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're getting old, Jim. We're getting old. All yeah. Right. So uh, yeah, he's doing good. I think I did a good interview. Before I ruin it, I'm gonna bow out. Jim Florentine is uh, is the main man. I love love uh, love his stuff, and I, I can't wait to see him on April 22nd in Buffalo at Rob's Comedy Playhouse. And of course, if you go to jimflorentine.com and click on tour dates, you can find out where else he's gonna be: Fort Lauderdale. He's going to be in Toronto. Finally, can go across the border again. Orlando, Fort Myers. How's your buddy down in Florida who used to like to eat ass? Is he just totally wiped off, wiped, wiped up, and everything now? And out of Gary the game? from Florida. Gary, yeah, Gary. Yeah, he's still got the same girlfriend. So you know, oh, man. she caught wind of the podcast yeah. and heard the stuff he was saying, and she was horrified. And <laughs> and he's still with her to this day. So it's like I still, you know, he's like, dude, come on. I got nothing else, man, you know. Right. So I can't ruin it. I always right. ask him, you sure you don't want to come on? He goes, she's going to find out. Because I guess her ex-husband is a fan of mine and listens. And she's oh, the, so he's he tattle- the one told he her. He tattletales, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he'll tell next time he's on. Howard used to always complain about that, you know, about how he would have this great bit. And then someone would tell Allison or Bath or whoever it yep. was at the time. Oh, would, yeah. Yeah. And he would get so mad. I, I always, I listen to old Howard all every day still. Um, I, oh yeah, the stuff on YouTube is yeah. great. I listen to that stuff all the time. And I got hooked up with the, uh, you know, the nerds online who like digitize the whole catalog, you know, and like it's on a Google Drive or whatever. So I have all this, all these shows on my phone. I'm going through 1994 right now, which is 94 is a great year. Yeah, because OJ. I mean, the OJ stuff is just unbelievably funny. Um, Phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. And, I love the 94. 94. The mid 90s was amazing for that show. Yep, he's got OJ and the governor stuff. He's running for governor yep. in 94. Um, and, yeah. r- and right now he just bowed out where I'm, I'm in August. He just bowed out because of the finance stuff. 
Okay, uh, right, yeah, 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 right. Really good shit, but um, yeah. So I, I when I'm going through, I always find some great appearances you did. And I think I told you last time my favorite thing is when you guys pranked Gary the retard with your retard cat uh, with your retard voice character, and you were saying oh, that yeah. you were going to replace him as the retard on the show. Oh man, it's so good. It's one of the best prank calls. If you haven't listened to that in a while, anyone listening or Jim, you should Google that or YouTube it or whatever because it's it's really funny. You guys, what is that under again? I gotta find that. I'll send. I'll like, send it to you. I'll, I'll send just, it to me. Yeah, yeah, I'll send you the link. My kid will get a kick out of it. Bro. Oh man, it's so funny. Yeah, Luke will love that. All right, yeah. I I said I was gonna bow out before I blow it, and I mean it this time. Anything else you want to plug, Jim? We mentioned the pod, the the show. No, that's Jim it. Saturday, April twenty second. Rob's comedy play outside April 22nd and yeah. the night before if anyone in Toronto uh, uh, Royal Comedy Theater Friday April 21st I'll be with Karen uh, Margolis is really funny you'll like her awesome I'll try to I'll try to get the guts to say hi but I always feel like I'm gonna be an idiot and ruin it no so. come by and say hi absolutely yeah all right man uh, thank you for this I appreciate it you all right no problem man I want to thank Jim Florentine. I also want to thank Joe Davis for being on the podcast tonight. Don't forget, you can f- listen to this episode of the Sportscasters and our entire catalog on our SoundCloud page at soundcloud.com slash sports-casters. You can still find me on Twitter at sports underscore casters. Email me, the sportscasters at gmail.com. Uh, I want to give a shout out to my boy, Adrian Dater, at a Dater on Twitter. The playoffs are starting. If you love Colorado Avalanche hockey, his Substack is the only spot to go. Don't forget about the 24-inch podcast at 24inchpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, Dave and I are going to be doing an episode on WrestleMania 1 that we should be recording this week. Can't wait for you to hear that. All right. One last thing for me today. And it's been a long road, but I have finally started a new drug for Crohn's disease. And it's called Humera. You may have seen the commercials for Humera. Now, I haven't historically gotten great treatment for my Crohn's, and that's probably why I've had so many surgeries, right? So one thing we tried is a drug called 6MP. I don't know what that does, okay? To me, it was like taking a Cheerio every day. I never noticed anything different when taking it. No clue. If it helped, if it hurt, I don't know what that drug does. I think it did nothing for me. To me, it was like taking a water pill. Sometimes I wonder, was I on a clinical trial and I got the placebo? Because it did nothing. Uh, We tried a drug called Remicade, which is an infusion. And it was really a roller coaster ride on Remicade for me. And then one day I was there getting my infusion. And next thing I know, I was laying on the ground looking up at every nurse in the place. I went out and they said, you can't take this no more. After my surgery in 2019, the plan was to start Humira. And unfortunately, COVID happened. We never started it. I had surgery in 2022. So the plan coming out of that, we got to get you on Humira. Okay, but because I'm married now, 
I don't get the same benefits I got before I was married. It's a very expensive drug. It's not like when I was on Remicade, my infusions were like $7 a time or something, my responsibility for them. It's not like that anymore because I'm married. The state doesn't give me the same benefits because they think I can use my wife's 401k or something. Ridiculous. But um, so I told the doctor the only way I'll go on is, you know, if it's paid for. I'm not. It was $3,000 a time they wanted me to pay. $3,000 a time. It's like $60,000 a year in Humera payments. It's like, come on. Who's got that money? Get out of here. So the doctor said, no problem. We're going to get you this for free. And I said, okay. And they made me fill out some paperwork. I had to fax some stuff over. I did it all. It was right at the turn of the year. They wanted, you know, a copy of my records and this and that. Finance, all of it, whatever. Sent it all out. Waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. And it turns out that they had sent the notification that I was approved to my doctor's office. And it had been like six weeks and the doctor's office never told me. I'm not even sure they realized they got it. You know, maybe it gets a faxed over. Secretary puts it to my file and nothing happened, I guess. So finally figure it out and it gets mailed to me. Comes in FedEx. Huge packaging, you know, comes cooled. Dry ice, all this stuff. It's really elaborate. And it came just a few days before. It came on the 31st of March. And I was going to be going on vacation. So I didn't want to start it that week because if I was going to have some great side effect to it, I didn't want that to happen when I was in Columbus, Ohio. You know, So I waited till I got home. And then when I got home, I, I, I text my nurse, my, my uh, visiting nurse, Beth, who always helps me when I, when I have uh, the ileostomy. Um, she's great. She's great to Paula. And she's an amazing person. Shout out to Nurse Beth. And I said, will you come over, show me how we do this, and get it started? Sure. So she came over on Tuesday. You know, today's Sunday. She came over on Tuesday, and you get 160 milligrams the first day. So I got the two shots. In my, we did it in my leg. The first one bricked. It broke. So we had to call them. They're going to send another one. But I got the two shots in. I'm going to get another 80 milligrams of it in a few weeks. And... Here's how it's going so far. I have no idea if it's doing anything or not. You know, I haven't gotten any kind of like overnight immediate relief, but I'm not sure it's even meant to have that. You know, the introductory introductory dose isn't finished till I get the next one. You know, then it's every 12 weeks and we'll see how it goes. But for right now, um, the weirdest thing is, is my head kind of feels like it's in space or something. Like sometimes it feels like my head's just going to float away. And this happened with Remicade too. When I first got the shots, I was tired for the first 24 hours. I slept a lot for the first couple of days, which again, that's how it was with Remicade. And that's why I hated Remicade because every time I would get it, I'd be asleep for 48 hours, um, which is really difficult. It's difficult to just plan two days to be asleep every six weeks or four weeks or whatever it was. It was tough. And then also it would feel my head would feel heavy, you know, I'd feel weird, like gravity felt weird. I don't even know how to explain it, uh, but that I feel like I'm fighting through that. You know, there's no weird growths, no third nipple yet, nothing like that. Um, all I can do is try it. You know, I'm, I'm hoping for the best. I'm not super optimistic because it's a biologic just like Remicade and the first biologic didn't work. So why would this biologic work? I don't know. We'll see. 
You know, you with these drugs, I'll notice people online. I'll go to the Reddit, the Crohn's Reddit, subreddit. And with any drug, there's every other post is, oh, it saved my life. Ten years I never have, haven't had an issue. Next post, oh, it didn't do anything for me. Next post, oh, it worked for six years, then it stopped working. Too bad. Next post, oh, it's amazing. I took it 30 years ago and never blinked again. Now, I haven't even pooped in 30 years. It's, it's unbelievable. You know, the next person, oh, I took it and I immediately had a cancer tumor and I died six times since I started taking it. You know, it's just these wildly, wild range of experiences um, that it's too crazy to get wrapped up either way. You know, it's hard to get really excited about it and it's hard to be too optimistic or no, it's hard to be too optimistic and it's hard to be too pessimistic because there's people on both sides of the fence, you know. You can find a post to say anything you want about these drugs. You want to say it's a miracle, you can find that. You want to say it's the worst drug ever, you can find that. You want to say it's okay, you can find that. Five, four, three, two, one star ratings for this drug for people with Crohn's. So I don't know. I have no idea. But I did it. I started it. You know, and part of the reason that I've started this late compared to my last surgery, which is in June, almost a year ago now, is because when you when I came out of that surgery in June, I wasn't ready to start. I needed some time. I wasn't ready to give blood. I wasn't ready for a t- tuberculosis test. I wasn't ready. I didn't want to be touched. You know, I went through so much in 2022. I mean, you know, I did a great job of downplaying it. And I, I've always done that. You know, this is my burden. I'm not going to put it on the people I love. I'm not going to put it on the listeners. I'm not going to put it on anyone. It's my burden. All right, but if we're being honest here, and and, and um, one last thing is usually pretty honest. 20, 2022 was the closest I've ever been to dying when I got the infection. And the sickest I've ever been with the exception of maybe 2013. Maybe 2013, I was a little bit sicker. And the the difference there would be I had a full incision in 2013 that needed to be reopened. So then I had an open wound. This time, at least, I never, it was done robotically. So it was less invasive. So that probably gives 13 a little bit of an edge. But I was really sick and... When you come out of that and you're feeling good enough to be left alone, all I wanted to do was be left alone. Uh, But here we are, um, basically 11 months, 10 and a half months from the reversal. And I'm doing okay. I'm doing better. I feel pretty good. Still some bad days, but mostly good ones. I get to be a dad. And uh, I get to be a husband. And I get to be a friend and a brother. You know, sometimes I feel like my brothers don't need a brother anymore, which is really tough. That's, I guess, the one last thing for another day. But Humera season has started, and I will keep you posted on how it goes. Jeez.